Welcome to Day Zero Update for September 27th, 2020. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Teresa Sammons. I'm Lee Lamb. And I'm Philippe Odenolfo. Hey, we got Phil back. For the the night, at least. (laughs) Yeah, uh, just in case you might have somehow listened to this podcast without looking at the title or the number or whatever, it's episode 300. Yeah. Uh, Somehow we've made it. Episode 300. Uh, This is Smash Pad! (laughs) I need to, like, (laughs) kick a Xbox controller off a cliff or something. (laughs) I mean, you can do whatever you want to your place. I don't really care. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, episode 300. So we're doing things a little bit differently on this show uh, for this week. We got a a few things here for story stuff. Uh, But Mm -hmm. we're going to do a bit of an extended... Uh, discussion about uh, the end of this generation as the new consoles are coming up, mm-hmm. uh, as well as just talking about uh, reaching 300 episodes and all the Smash Pad stuff here at the end. So uh, before we get to that, we'll talk about uh, what we've been playing. And uh, I'll start here with uh, the game that I always seem to be playing, but especially is uh, relevant now is Rocket League. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hit free to play here on the 23rd. Uh, and is doing ridiculous numbers. I think I've seen it at 1.4 million concurrent players uh-huh. uh, at times during the peak, which I think is higher than CSGO has ever been. Uh, stuff like that. People have been looking at numbers on the a lot of the Steam's biggest games. Uh-huh. And this is right up there, if not bigger, uh-huh. uh, which is crazy. <laughs> um, they're also doing a event this weekend, or for the next uh, week or so, called Lama Rama. Tied into Fortnite, um, specifically where they have a series of challenges. Uh, let you earn these uh, Fortnite, the llama uh, kind of themed items, and they kind of tie into the next one. So you like won't just play any match, uh, neither casual or ranked playlist. They get you an item that then opens up the next challenge, that kind of thing, all the way to uh, the point where I'm at now, where I need to get MVP in a match uh, using the uh, specific wheels. That uh, then gets me the Fortnite Battle Bus as a car in this game, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty cool little tie-in thing. I believe there's also rewards you get in Fortnite for playing uh, through these different challenges. It gets tied to your mm-hmm. epic account and all that stuff, um, which I did play Fortnite the other day because I saw that their ray tracing update was out. I was like, well, I'll fucking play that. Let's see what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the third on my first match. Uh, it only got killed because I had... So the whole thing for this season and that is Marvel stuff mm-hmm. is in there. Uh, I resurrected these Tony Stark bots that then were like my AI buddies. They helped me take out enemies and they signaled to the the last couple of people like, hey, there's a guy over here because there's stupid bots following him or all around, over the place. Mm-hmm. You don't have controls to say, hey, fuck off. Uh, go do something over here. That kind of thing. So it's like, oh, I got sniped that way. So I was like, oh, that works, but uh, I didn't really even look much at the, the ray tracing stuff. Uh, at least it didn't seem like super obvious, like in Control, where you walk around uh, the, all the offices with glass windows and see like the 100% reflections on everything. Where it's like, uh, everybody disappeared and somehow all the glass is still perfectly cleaned uh, in this place. Uh, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, Rocket League still playing at the new Rocket Pass is... So far, I've been doing pretty well. Are there new vehicles? This thing called the Harbinger, 
mm-hmm. uh, that ties into their new hitbox that is these big like van or truck type vehicles. Uh, so I've been using that a lot. And so far, it's been uh, uh, working out pretty well. It feels very kind of hefty of a vehicle. So I'm just fucking ramming into people all the time, just uh, putting some extra muscle into the into the hits, even if it's not actually doing anything different than the other vehicles, but it feels like it. But yeah, that's been uh, the thing I've been doing with Rocket League, just continuing to play it. Uh, the nice yeah. thing with the events is every 10 games you play uh, during this event, you get uh, 10,000 XP. I have like a repeatable mission for that, so uh, that works out pretty well for that, for getting extra extra XP uh, during this event. I think they're also doing double XP for the weekend, so uh, giving people all the XP that they need to hopefully get at least two ranked, uh, opening up with the ranked uh, matchmaking stuff, uh, which I've been doing pretty well with that as well, versus just going to the casuals, which playing with all the terrible people, and uh, the games there can go anyway. Because you got two other people that may... At times, I've been happy that people disconnected and the bot come in, comes in because I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. something competent is here. <laughs> uh, it's, the AI bots are not great, but they at least know, like, hey, I should get in the way between the ball and the goal. Uh, or I should hit this ball out of the goal, not circle around it a bunch because I've got it stuck in the, the ball cam mode. And that's uh, that takes some time to get used to how to control with that stuff. You and I fuck it up. A number of times these days mm. um, but that's been uh, a lot of fun and still uh, one of my favorite games to jump into I can play now with between uh, Steam and PS4 on the other consoles because they got a cross progression and your cross inventory stuff so you can carry all that over uh, you can get the rocket pass on one platform and mm. play it on anywhere and get progress towards that I guess they said that the the credits you earn off of the rocket pass now applies to everything versus if you had stuff on the original platform that you brought over to everything else, it stays on that one. So is that, uh, is that what it was? I thought maybe I misread it when I, when I logged in just to get all the stuff before it switched over to free players. I can swear it said the credits only stay on your main account. The ones you had before the updates. Oh, okay. Before the new rocket pass. So I like 1900 there. So those are staying there. But I believe once I get to the point of unlocking stuff from the rocket pass, it'll all, appear on any platform because I was wondering how that was going to work. If it's stuck to one platform, I had to be like, well, I got to go log back onto PS4 because that's where I want all my credits at because that's where I have my other ones. It's a little weird, but it seems like they've gotten around it a bit. But also tried having two versions open at once and it kind of like soft deactivates one when you're not using it. So if you try to play with one, it's like, oh, do you want to get online and use this? And you do that and you get to do whatever. The other one's like just sits there. Uh, I think if you try to start playing with the other one while you're in a match, it'll log you off or something and probably fuck it up. You probably don't want to do that anyway. But yeah, it works out pretty well for the most part. Uh, there's a couple of usability things they haven't uh, figured out yet. Uh, some different options, I think, I think are just part of them just launching this game and getting a lot of new people in. They don't want to overwhelm them with certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's created a couple of things that people liked, uh, like the the quick play where you could go into the the setting the the playlist stuff and say, "I want to be matchmaked for these two playlists," which I would do like both three v threes in the 
the ranked or I would do maybe extra mode stuff and say like, oh, I'll play either of these two game types uh, kind of thing. You come back out and just say, all right, start matchmaking me, uh, that kind of stuff without necessarily having to go in to the menu, save you a couple button presses, but that's not, that's not there yet uh, for this new version. They also changed the font, which is a weird thing for playing this game for five years. It's like, okay, this is a weird font now. I've been completely used to the the Rocket League font. Now it's like italicized or something. Uh, it's a very weird thing, but uh, that's Rocket League, uh, where it's at right now. Uh, also been playing more Splunky 2. Uh, I am fucking terrible at that game. Mm-hmm. I should pull it up and see how many deaths I've had, but it's probably at least 50 or so runs I've had and uh, ends up in failure every single time. Uh, even as I'm starting to get the hang of taking out the uh, the shopkeepers, uh, which is like one of the, the core strategies of original Splunky is taking out the shopkeepers because you can take all their stuff uh, mm-hmm. as well as they give up money and uh, potentially other things. You use shotgun as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is a powerful weapon to have. Uh, but then I get to 1-4 uh, and fuck it up somehow each time. Uh, whether it's I've gotten myself trapped with ghosts. Uh, they have a specific vase in each uh, uh, stage that is a ghost vase, which gives you good money, but then it immediately sets a ghost on you. So you kind of, if you want to mess with it, take it to the exit, throw it, get the money, and then hop back in real quick. But if you, they extended the timer, so when the ghost comes in, is I think three minutes now, set at 2.30 in the first game, so you get a little bit more time. But there's a lot more stuff to do in the different stages that can take up your time. Uh, especially if you're trying to get the, the damsel, which I think this time around is a dog, like a pug, uh, a cat, or mm-hmm. a guinea pig. So they don't even really mess around with the humans. They're just all cute pets. Uh, and when you kill them, it's always disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have, like, a Kali on that stage, you can sacrifice them. Uh, I think if you do three of them, you get like a special item out of it, a uh, randomized one. So this game is spelunky, but with new stuff layered onto it. So it's very familiar, one of its cores, but then you come back uh, to it again and again, and you see like, oh, there's new items, new enemies, some that are fucking pain in the ass, like the mole, that can go into the dirt and get around easily and just annoy the hell out of you if you can't kill them. Uh Lots of lots of interesting stuff, and I think there's some branching paths as well. Uh, mm-hmm. We might have two exits out of a stage uh, later on in the game, which I haven't gotten to because I keep fucking dying too early. So that's uh, Splunky too. Still, still a lot of fun. Still uh, very hard if you're not uh, great at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, also been playing Paradise Killer, which is one of the the recent indies that have come out. Uh, I think it's Switch and PC only right now. Uh, it is kind of an adventure game, at least so far. Uh, open world, uh, but a bit of a visual novel in the way it tells the story stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a murder mystery set in this weird world where uh, people are on this island called Paradise. Mm-hmm. That is like this futuristic sci-fi thing where aliens have come down and blessed the people there with some special abilities or whatever it's. There's a lot of lore. It's a little bit tough to follow it all, but yeah, I'm looking uh, at some of the artwork, and they're I'm looking at like the art direction. It's like, yeah, somebody's a JoJo fan. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very much very kind of JoJo. Got, yeah, and the 
it's inevitably the island is corrupted by demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, the people that are running the island, the council, uh, reset it into a better world that uh, yep. stays demon uh, free for longer. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking at the 24th island, uh, something happens and the council is killed. Uh, they think they have the murderer, but they also need, they bring your character who is uh, an investigator that's been working with them. Worked with them early on for like the first 13 islands and you get exiled for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, I think the, they have a counter in like your starting area. It's like, oh, you've been exiled for 3 million, you know, 4,032 game, 32 days mm. kind of thing. And uh, so you get down to the island as they've summoned you, the judge has, uh, and you need to kind of uh, solve this mystery uh, that is going on as you start uh, exploring the island. You get these, there's like a currency called blood crystals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the this demon named Shinji is like, well, I, I stole his money from rich people, and I just put it all around the island for you to find. I was like, well, thanks, Shinji. You could have just given it to me, make it a lot easier, but <laughs> uh, it is a, it's like a big open world island. It's not too big so far, but it's kind of designed for you to kind of look around all over the place. There's not really any people really around. Like When you do come to people, they're just kind of like 2D sprites. Uh, you can definitely tell it's made by an indie studio on a smaller budget because they're not really going too ham on a graphical detail or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of style over substance, over you know detail and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can kind of jump around, no real death uh, stuff to it, so you can take big jumps, all that kind of stuff uh, to get around. And as you're going around, uh, talking to people... Uh, finding clues. You can find there's there's a bunch of different mysteries outside of the, the main one. Mm-hmm. I assume they all feed into the main mystery as well. Uh, you see like uh, like a dozen characters on this island that you're interested in. Uh, and they all have weird names uh, to them as well. Uh, but yeah, I played about an hour of it. I was streaming it before, this, before we did this episode, so uh, I'll be putting that up on YouTube here tomorrow. Uh, it's pretty neat so far. It does a lot of mm-hmm. cool stuff with uh, keeping track of the different uh, clues and all this stuff. Uh, as you get this uh, whole like laptop that keeps track of all this stuff for you, called uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called, but uh, it helps you kind of sort out the different threads and all this as you pick up more information, all that kind of stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty neat for what it is. I'm definitely looking forward to putting some more time into it. Might stream it again. Uh, but yeah, for now, it was a, a pretty good start in the game for the first hour or so. Um, yeah, that's been uh, pretty much it. How about you, Brandon? All right. Well, uh, as I uh, said earlier this week, uh, I had to do a little bit of uh, moving some money and stuff around, but I've got my hands on a copy of uh, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Uh, this is the newest game from Vanillaware. Uh, the people behind... Uh, the cult classic Odin Sphere and the hugely popular Dragon's Crown. Um, and, of course, they've done other stuff, too, but that's basically the two games everyone remembers. Um, but, uh, basically, yeah, this is the uh, newest one by Vanillaware, and uh, it's really, really good. Um, I can't wait till I get further in this game so I can actually like start on my review in earnest, because... And there's a lot to talk about, but 
basically, you know, first of all, it's vanillaware game. So the first thing you know is it's going to look amazing. And yeah. it does look legitimately amazing. Um, is it very horny? Uh. Yes, there is horny, but the horny is more subdued than it has been in the past. Okay, so it's um, not Dragon's Crown level of horny. Yeah, because no. Dragon's Crown was uh, made you feel ashamed to play Dragon's Crown, depending on who was around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you won't really have that problem here. I mean, there is still fan service, but it's not as, shall we say, prevalent as it was in Dragon's Crown. Um but essentially, this time around, it's not a fantasy RPG or anything like that. It's not even an action game. It's a adventure game uh, wherein you are. Let me, let me put it this way: um, Have any of you guys ever played the front any of the front mission games? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like a front mission game, basically. Um, Ooh, vanilla will take on front mission. That's yeah. Um. Basically, there's a lot of story and a lot of uh, dialogue and talking with each other. Uh, And, okay, let me put it this way. Okay, so story-wise, as far as this game is concerned, at least on the beginning at what it seems like, uh, it takes place sometime in the middle, in the mid-80s in Tokyo. And you're sort of getting, like, the sort of standard idea of, like, you know, the standard anime plot, which is a bunch of high schoolers going through their daily lives, and then all of a sudden shit goes down. And I think I, I basically described, like, what, 80% of all anime ever made? Yeah, I was wondering what... There's a few you missed, but yeah. What's different about it? Yeah. Well, what happens is, all of a sudden, um, they're Tokyo and much of Japan, in fact, ends up getting invaded by kaiju. Um, and when I say kaiju, I don't really mean like Godzilla-style kaiju. I mean like a bunch of giant robot monsters that just suddenly start showing up and, you know, just wreaking absolute havoc. And uh, it just so happens that a bunch of these high school kids can summon a, a giant mech. You know, just summon a giant mech suit they can get in and then... Uh, Problem solved. What? Yeah, um, that's how it starts. But here's the thing. The game is basically 15 individual character stories, all of which are intertwined with each other, and all of which actually jump around the timeline. And they're not all just focused on the stuff in the 80s. Some of it takes place way off in a very dark sort of apocalyptic future. And some of it actually takes place during World War II hmm. in Japan. Which again, which again, I'm going to say is a bold move. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. Um, and the weirdness doesn't stop there either, because there's also like a time travel thing involved as well. Um, and just a, a very – before you get even halfway through this game, you start to realize that that surface-level story – that's like really cliched anime type stuff is actually just covering up something much weirder underneath the surface. Um, and it is, but let, let me put it this way. This is the first um, vanillaware game that has put as much of a focus on storytelling as this one has. And that's not to say that, you know, past vanillaware games haven't had a story, haven't had a story. I mean, 
Odin Sphere in particular yeah. had done the whole, you know, timeline jumping individual storylines before. The Dragon's not- Crown is more of a straightforward kick maximum ass. Yeah. Um, but this one is much more, the story is a lot more involved this time, and it kind of shows that George Kamitani's been kind of holding back on us. Yeah. As he wrote the scenario for this thing. So, yeah. Um, I just thought he was only ever a character artist. No, he, he wrote the story for this, too. So, um, so... Yeah, well, I mean, he is the head of Vanillaware, so yeah. all those games are under his direction. But as for, like, the actual game itself, like the gameplay, the gameplay is basically divided up into three sections. Uh, the first is called Remembrance, and basically that is the standard... Well, if if you've played uh, a game, uh, Vanilla... If you've played, like, Odin Sphere, for example, or Muramasa, you know, the Demon Blade... You know how, what this type of thing is. It's the sort of standard 2D overworld type thing where you're walking around and you're speaking with people. You're looking for objects. You're sort of interacting with the environment. Um, stuff like that. Um, and it's where a lot of the game's story is told through to you. Uh, there's another one that's called the Archive, which is basically like a database that records all of the sort of... sort of the excess world-building stuff, like, you know, character profiles. You know, it records, like, all the conversations you've had with people. It records, uh, you know, it sort of explains stuff, and there's, like, a glossary of terms and things like that, but it also records various keywords that you will hear in certain conversations that you can then bring up into different conversations later, which will actually modify the 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 branching of the story somewhat. Then there's the destruction, and that is the part where you actually get into the giant mecha and start fighting the kaiju. Um, and much like the front mission games, it's mostly perceived through a a sort of like pseudo three dimensional like radar screen um, where. Much of it is conveyed with, like, you know, here's the enemies, they're over here, you're here, uh, here's, like, the commands that you need to put in in order to fight them off, and all of the, uh, you know, like, all the various other characters in their mech suits, they'll be communicating to you through, like, telescreens, you know. Oh, by mm-hmm. the way, I should probably mention, uh, for whatever reason, whenever these guys are, ri- whenever these, these, these high schoolers are piloting these mech suits they have to be completely nude for some reason because you know japan um and yeah that's basically how the game goes um the actual like combat and stuff at first it's fairly standard but they start ramping up the difficulty pretty quick so You'll want to, you know, make sure that, you know, your suits are, like, well-equipped and everything before heading off into battle. Um, yeah, it, it, this game, it, it, it is it is really good. It's not just one of the best, one of the best science fiction games I've ever played. It may very well be one of the best pieces of science fiction I've ever consumed, period. Like, Sounds it's that, great. Yeah, wow. it's that good. Um, Sounds like they've been using the extra time they've had well. Yeah. 
Uh, the game itself is a little over 20 hours. So, you know, I've... So, it, it you know, it, I'm, I'm, only, I'm not quite halfway through yet, but I'm close to there, I think. Um, also, you gotta remember that, you know, these stories kind of jump around the timeline a bit. And, you know, in order to get to, like, other parts, there are certain, like, gates you have to pass. I don't mean, like, literal gates, but, like, certain things that you need to accomplish before they're unlocked. But, um... Brandon, what yeah. kind of game is this, exactly? Is it an uh, it's like a adventure visual novel with real-time strategy. And what systems is it on? Uh, PS4. That's the one I got it on. Yeah, alright. Um... I well, think I'm, that's I'm in. Yeah, um, it it actually came out last year originally, um, but you know it didn't get you know full uh, you know full uh, localization and release until uh, last week, <laughs> as it happens. Um, also, apparently, this game is kind of becoming a sleeper hit over in Japan because. Originally, the first week it came out, it did not do well, like sales wise. Um, because so what of, changed? Uh, well, basically, like George Kamitani himself said that he was getting ready to like just straight up do like a post mortem on the project and oh, find wow. out where, yeah, and find out where he went wrong. And then he started. He started seeing tweets from the lights of Masahiro Sakurai and Taro Yoko saying that this is one of the best games they ever played and everybody needs to buy it. That'll help. Yeah. Also, Famitsu gave it, like, the best scenario and best adventure game awards for 2019. That will also help. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I had to kind of go through a bit of an odyssey to get my own copy because they apparently did not release a whole lot of copies here in the U.S., well, based on initial sales in Japan, unless the whole uh, mass coming around on it um, yeah. had already happened, then I can understand why. But yeah, wow, but, uh, yeah. So uh, basically, other than that, I'm still playing Disgaea Five, um, which is you know it's Disgaea. It, it, you play Disgaea because it is Disgaea. It is self justifying. Yes, you know it's what you're getting into. Strategy with- RPG kind of where yeah. the numbers get bigger. Yeah, and it's filled with light, a lot of dark humor, and it's just anime as hell. <laughs> and that's what the new game is like. Oh, you can go bigger numbers this time. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, also I decided to fire up my uh, my SNES emulator here on my laptop, and I've also been playing Live Alive. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Speaking of interconnected stories that all sort of add up in the end, <laughs> <laughs> um, payoff. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been playing. So, uh, Pat, how about you? Oh well, as far as the latest, greatest, you know, kind of current releases go, um, I've not been doing a whole lot, but I did get Hot Shot Racing on um, on Steam, and that's kind of been occupying the bulk of my current uh, gaming. Mm-hmm. I. I was just, I'm happy that we live in a world where this game exists in 2020. That being said, I have maybe never seen a game with so much promise get so completely undermined by a single mechanic. 
that if if you threw that one mechanic out the window, it would you would have a masterpiece. And instead, you just have a very good, solid sign of life for the um, for the arcade racing genre, which needs every sign of life that it can get. Um, and that being the fact that your car could get rotated in a collision. Now, if you're coming from more of the action racing, need for speed type of um, influence or uh, maybe burnout, and there are uh, Criterion alumni on this team, so that stands to reason. Um, then you might be wondering what the big deal is, but um, the word arcade has a lot of specific connotations that come with it. And part of that is that the whole thing is geared very strongly toward competition and competitive balance. And when you have something that can go so magnificently wrong that it can screw up your entire race from you know, with maybe a lap and a half to go, such as getting nudged from behind and having your car just turn um, turn a 90-degree turn into the wall or something and having to reverse back and, you know, get back on course. That's not arcade racing, and it's not even really fun. And so I, I feel like once Sumo Digital got involved, then they probably should have blew the whistle on this because they've released games in the past that prove that they know better. But um, this is how the game came out, and um, I did mention it on um, on Twitter that this would be a, a very easy fix, and it would be to the profound betterment of the game. But um, as it stands, we just get a a good, not great arcade racer that ha- that really does a good job of wearing its influences on its sleeve. So, I mean, you can make of that what you will. Um, I'm not sure if it's still on sale, but um, the default price is only $20, and I believe it's on all of the things. So, um, it, it you know, if, if collision rotation isn't a deal breaker for you, or if you're you're just somebody who plays a lot of action racers regardless and um, probably wouldn't notice this as an issue if I hadn't said anything, then by all means, um, you know, take the plunge on it because I do want to see where this, um, where this new collaboration between Sumo Digital and I think they're calling themselves Lucky Mountain um, end up taking us because they could, you know, they have all of the talent and all the potential to be a a pillar of a res- of a rejuvenated arcade racing genre, and I want to see it happen. And I don't think that's going to happen if um, if Hotshot Racing lands with a thud and ends up not being a commercial success. Mm. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, I I really hope they can can get this sorted, even if they don't patch um, Hotshot Racing. Um, I would expect there to be a very strong sophomore effort from the studio because um, just the the talent that is working on this game is very evident. Hmm. As far as more legacy stuff has been going, um, thanks to Phil, um, I've been playing Rally Sport Challenge, and... This is a game that really needed a 1080p modification for current 
uh, for current hardware because um, 1024 by 768 on a 42-inch 1080p display is not pretty. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> and uh, Rally Sport Challenge is a very pretty game. And even if you... Um, like even just with the core assets from the original 2002 release and you you have it set to display at 1080p that game is as fucking gorgeous now as it was when it released 18 years ago and it's still a joy to play i i am as wowed by things like the light reflecting off of the ice surface on the on the road as i was back then and it's just amazing how well this game has aged but um and it, and it's really just an obscenity that dice is just relegated to battlefield duty at this point because uh, the, the this is a studio that has all of the talent and all the potential in the world to be one of the best racing um one of the best racing studios around and to not have them doing that anymore just it, it's it's kind of depressing hmm. So um, other than that, lots of emulation stuff. Um, I'm going to be writing more on that subject. I've been doing a little already um, on Smashpad, and that's really the direction that I'm kind of going going to be steering um, my personal editorial direction in, um, the, in, in the foreseeable future. Um, just because I really feel like if the last couple of months have proven anything, it is just exercising your due diligence to have a solid emulation computer as part of your standard um, entertainment center alongside all of your other consoles to protect the investments that you have already made in gaming because clearly the platform holders are unwilling to do it for you they've already got your money so um if you know if you still love playing those games from uh you know seven eight nine ten years ago maybe even longer um i highly recommend um having an emulation pc just as one of your consoles and use that to play legacy games that are not supported by um, the hardware that is being manufactured, um, you know, by the by the platform holders today, and I really feel like maybe um, steering the broader gaming consciousness in the direction of retro gaming or in the direction of um, sort of the long the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can sort of nudge the platform holders into more of a um, a consumer-friendly direction that um, forces them to realize, hey, this shit matters. And um, it's not going to go away just because you don't want to um, you don't want to support it under the hood of the current hardware because you your only interest in you know in your legacy product is what you can sell back to us and like i'm sure we've all put 
thousands, maybe tens of thousands of dollars into gaming over the decades we've been playing, hmm. you know, that's a, that is a substantial investment and that is an investment worth protecting. Mm-hmm. So um, by all means, an emulation PC, keep, keep all of those games um, right there at your disposal to play at your convenience instead of having to have um, 15, 20 boxes hooked up to your TV at any given time. Cause that shit sucks too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm starting to think you're you're dead on Pat, and that's the way to go because, yeah, just the amount. I was even just looking at it with this generation switch. Like, I'm not gonna have my 360 hooked up anymore. I'm not gonna have my PS3 hooked up anymore. I don't have anything else hooked up either. And you know, the Vita has been my my PS1 machine and my emulator machine. So yeah. having a PC that can do more than that, I think, is actually legitimately important because. I really think with the exception of Microsoft and just PC gaming in general, they they really don't give a fuck. Yeah. No, like, no. And for people who cool. for people who don't either have the space, maybe they're living in a dorm room or something, or just don't have the disposable income, even for an older PC that can still do decent emulation, you know, they're they're still homebrew. So yep. go out and buy that old Wii and, and homebrew that thing. Mm-hmm. Or um, even just um and that's look into just the me personally S- speaking. Not, just not look into the that. SBC market. You know, there's SBCs are, have come so far that um, you can get your hands on one of those for a little north of a hundred dollars and um, put a case on it, and it'll it'll run stuff up to maybe the PS2 and the GameCube. So um, you don't really need to. Um, like you don't need to break the bank. I was lucky. I had an Alienware Alpha more or less fall into my lap for two hundred dollars. Uh, thanks, Teresa, for the assist on that in the moment because that was not going to still be there. No, <laughs> otherwise it um, wasn't. But that is like since I got that, I have not powered on my Xbox One or my PS4 at all. <laughs> Just put that in perspective, and I'm not like. I, I am the furthest thing from what would ever be a quote-unquote PC master race guy because that's all a bunch of bullshit to me. Like, the only... Oh, but you realize it's not now? Well, no, because... <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Pat. I'm I'm using this PC first and foremost to play console games. Like, um, there are some PC games that I've loaded on here, mostly arcade racers, because that's my current addiction um but as far as um as far as the types of gaming i'm playing it's really stuff that's just on that's just been exclusive to lapsed consoles Mm -hmm. and so having the having this fall into my lap like it did has really opened my eyes to a lot of things and i think it's going to to be a strong influence um on the way i handle my gaming moving forward um we're at a point now, and we'll be talking more about this later, but I'm like, I've missed all of two system launches in the last 20 years. Since, since I got in on the Sega Dreamcast launch, I have only missed the PS3 because of 599 and yeah. the Wii because of my work schedule. That was it. And 
I'm just looking at these two launches that are coming up, and it's like, shit, I don't need what they're selling. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it has been over two decades since I have been a one console gamer. It's just not in my, it's not in my tendencies. It's not in my personality to do that. Um, what happened was Sega pulled out of the U S market with the Saturn in 1998. And later that year, Nintendo just kind of pissed me off with the way they were going about, um, their 3d adaptations of their longstanding IPs. So for about a year from the time, you know, F zero X and Ocarina of time came out, um, I was a PlayStation only gamer until the Dreamcast launched. And ever since then, I've just had everything. But now we're going into a situation where um, I've pretty much decided I'm just going to be giving my um, my next generation console launch money to to this um, Alienware I've got here because there is a little bit of headroom for CPU. There is a little bit of headroom for the RAM, and I'm going to be exploring that. Um, I I will as far as the the standard active game consoles go be a switch only player for the foreseeable future, at least until, you know, at least until Gran Turismo seven launches. I think there's a lot of people who are going to be in that position as well. And it's, and that's the thing, like, well, I'm going to save more of it for the, the next gen segment, but that's, that's where I'm coming from. And another thing that's opened my eyes about that, and that segues into the next thing that I'm going to be talking about, is um, one thing that the platform holders have been very good about in recent years is abolishing region lock. Mm -hmm. But that has also been an artifact of these older platforms that has locked us out of a lot of content over the years. Now, with emulation becoming more and more of a thing, those barriers are getting torn down. And so not only are you unlocking, um, you know, just this vast library of games that um, you just didn't have access to because you don't have that much room in your entertainment center. You've also got all of these other regions of those platforms that you can explore. And all of a sudden, um, and this, this might come back to why I haven't, powered on the PS4 or the Xbox One for the longest time. I, I'm just, I've just got this Alienware sitting here, and it can play North American PS2 games. It can play Japanese PS2 games. It can play Japanese GameCube games, European PS1 games, which there are some very notable examples of. Um, you know... All of these things that you, the boxes that we bought back in the day didn't have access to. And that's something that um, I feel is worth exploring very much in the here and now. And that's going to actually lead to one of the new podcasts in our lineup once we can get everything uh, sorted out with everyone who's going to be on it and what have you. Um, and I'm calling it Gamers Without Borders because, you know, this is definitely something that. I don't think gets talked about enough. And I really want to, to produce something that can, um, that can introduce more gamers to the broader, um, 
the broader scope of the industry that's out there and can be um, enjoyed in a very modern form thanks to um, emulation PCs, um, especially as form factors get smaller and smaller. Like you can go on Amazon or you can go on Office Depot or whatever and find all of these really small form factor computers that will play a hell of a lot of games. And I think that's going to be a, that should be a key part of any, any gamer who is more than casual. We'll put it that way. Um, I don't think you have to be hardcore, like um, an outright, that is what you do when you are not working or, um, you know, sleeping. (laughs) Um, But if you're at all invested in gaming, I think that that's something worth exploring. And so I want to put a show out there that we can talk about these older games, these import games, the stuff that's really off the beaten path, uh, which was actually kind of the original, um, the original sort of vision for the day zero update. But um, this, this would just be taking it to like 11 and, I'm really excited to do this show because um, just all of these volumes of games that are out there that we can talk about from years and years and years of gaming history that we've just missed out on because of um, maybe the system was too obscure or maybe it didn't get brought over to North America or whatever. All of those restrictions are out the window now. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about it. So that's my current pet project while also, um, as part of the um, this evolution that Smashpad is going through. Um, that's one of the big things that lies at the heart of it with me personally. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I've been up to pretty much since, since I've stopped doing this show here myself. Um, who wants to go next? Oh, that's uh, Teresa. Teresa, yeah. Go. Um... No surprise that I've been playing uh, Animal Crossing, uh, New Horizons, and um, Kingdom. There's just absolutely no surprise there whatsoever, right? <laughs> I mean, I've been playing this for how long? <laughs> um, Nothing but I did wrong with having Among your regular Us. practice. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Right? But I did try Among Us, and um, I will be playing that more. That's uh, That's a little bit fun. Kind of like a weird murder mystery i don't know it's just it's crazy um but yeah gaming wise that's it i like a little pokemon go and you know i'm four years in on this game and and it's starting to wane a little bit now what pogo yeah four years in for me personally wow four years I think I was done after about one and a half, but um, I thought you were going to be a lifer on it. <sighs> well, you know, I mean, yeah. I can't get my Mega Evolutions for uh, Charizard just because I haven't done enough uh, Mega Raids, and I don't want to. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, there we are. There we are. That's how it is. Um, But, yeah, nothing... Nothing big for me this week, gaming wise. Um, we'll see. Oh, we got to get you back on the PSO two. Yeah, we got to yeah, get me back on the PSO two. Right, I got to get back too. It's it's been too long. It has been way too long. 
So yeah. And apparently the the chapter five DLC is coming soon. So Oh really? Yeah. We are really lapsed on that game. I haven't finished chapter one. (laughs) Oh the MSQ is really good too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's like that's it for me, Lee. What have you been doing? Well, um, I've actually been able to play more games recently, just sort of like passing through than I have in a very long time. I decided today for some reason to finally fire up Skyrim again. I've played the intro in like the first five hours of Skyrim um, like 80 fucking times. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot and I'm going to just try and stick with it because I just I kind of want to get something I can get lost in. But isn't isn't super demanding of my time. Like, let me just go get lost in it. Let me play around. And... Wait, does anything get more demanding than Skyrim? No, no, no. Like, I can do everything at my own pace is what I mean. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, so I can pick it up. If I want to play it for a week, I can play it for a week. If I just want to, you know, hop in and run around and, you know, go through a fucking, you know, okay, cave. That's legit. You know, it's I the games like this are actually relaxing for me. So, because um, work has been insane. So, um, yeah, so the, the just picked that up and then redid the intro. I'm, I've decided to not do it on the PC because uh, my family is, spends a lot of time upstairs. So I just, you know, I said, fuck it, I'll fire it up on the Xbox. And so I did that today. And my God, they both sat, my son and my wife sat shotgun with me about designing my character. <laughs> uh, you know, like, put a fucking beard on. What's wrong with you? And then we ended character up. creation by committee. Yeah, so we ended up actually making my character look like, by accident, like Butcher from um, The Boys. I don't know if anybody Nice. <laughs> and even my wife was like, you should name him Cunts. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, like, oi, Cunts. Like, oh, my God. So, yeah. Um, so I went with Butcher, though, just because, you know, I'm not vulgar. Um, <laughs> and so... Yeah, so that, and then I've been playing just a little bit of WoW with Belen because the new expansion comes out in a month. And there's, I feel like gaming for a lot of things for me is very cyclical. And like, you know, as you get into fall, like, you know, you're not going outside, you're not doing as much, you know, it starts to get cold. And so, like, I just have a lot of different memories tied with different things in gaming. Yes. And what like with, with WoW has always been in, in the, is, you know, the fall to the winter months. Like, the mm-hmm. the best in-game holiday that they ever do is called Hallow's End, which is their version of Halloween. And you can like throw pumpkins at each other. You get to go kill the headless horsemen, and it's just it's a it's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that and the new expansion drops. So I'm hoping either either Blizzard redeems themselves, or I think I might legit be done. I haven't logged in besides like this week. I haven't logged into that game in like seven months because it's just not fun. Whoa. So yeah, so we'll see we'll see what they do there. Um, I also. Um, Actually, ironically, from Blizzard, I got an email from them about like a tracer skin that was like looks like a comic books, comic book stuff. And uh, so I logged in and did the nine games for that. And um, I actually have not played that much Overwatch. I think I probably only put like 10 hours into it total since I got it. Um, And so I just I I, they haven't I don't even know if the, the mode is new, but it was new to me where you queue up and it will just randomly pick a different character every time you die for you to play and start. No, it was actually legitimately fun. Um, so I was playing it and then like it, it put me into, uh, I've, I've always mained Reinhardt because I'm getting older. Aiming is a pain in the ass. I can't be like one of those people that hit somebody from the other side of the map. Like I'm just not built that way. You know, like I could do that in halo 15 fucking years ago. I can't do it now. So playing with Reinhardt is, you know, as a guy that's got a shield and then you beat the shit out of people with a hammer that has a jet engine attached to it. That's more my speed. Um, but I ended up, it ended up uh, sticking me randomly in Diva, 
Um, oh, so, so now, now I'm like super. I'm super into this character. Like this is nuts because it's so. There's a level of of uh, strategy to it because you're not you're not main tanking, but you can do a lot of damage. And then you know if you get swarmed, if you got that ult, I've literally figured out a way to dash forward and then hop out of my suit so that shit's like a guided missile. Yeah, and so like Saturday, I was playing with with Area Gray back from the old Game Addicts days, and that was like the fucking the the Lee Lamb special. I was like, yeah, let me get this fucking ultimate up, light him up, and, you know, <laughs> and it would be like they'd be like defending something, right? And I just like I would fly in with her dash and then eject out of the mech, and they can't leave the area because they're trying to defend it, and then get like a quad kill, you know. <laughs> Or like, and just take out anywhere between like three to like six. I think it's six on six. Yeah, three to six of them all at once. Um, and then when you and if you kill enough of them, you can resummon the mech. So like, oh. there's just there's a lot of fun to it for me because it's like you know you're super hard, you're you're really hard to kill as the mech. But then if you get blown out of it, you know you can still do a decent amount of damage to people. And if you kill enough people or damage enough, you get the mech back. So. I mean, I was having a blast with that. So I I knocked up my nine games. I think I ended up doing like another twenty more. So I think I'll definitely be uh be sticking my head back into that. Um I played just playing it on PC. Oh, okay. You should play it on PC, Pat. You got one. Mm-hmm. It'll run two. on it. I mean the the that's the funny thing. The alienware is actually a lower spec than my than my main PC. It's just in a in such a convenient form factor that it's better for me for gaming. I got you. So, um, well, well, if you decide you wanna, we'll you do Overwatch yet, though. Yeah, if you we'll we'll have a side chat about that because I would definitely be down to to play it with you. I'm I'm no, I'm, I'm not very good, so just you know, just FYI, it's not like I was in the Halo days and shredding people. I just do it for fun. But it's it's uh, I think probably a lot of the. Um, the people there have sort of thinned out. So the people that are actually playing legitimately want to be there rather than the people that are just doing it. Cause it was something else their friends were doing and they're raging about it. So, uh, um, so I think, I think that's a big difference. New and shiny. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, but so I had a blast with that. I fired up 3d Mario all-stars just a little bit, just to play some 64. Now uh, I heard that Nintendo didn't do shit with that game. They did with those games. Uh-huh. They didn't. It, it's they, I think they coasted, because that's what Nintendo does a lot of yeah. times. Well, no, they didn't. did with the original All-Stars well, on the Wii. Hold on, Phil. I know when I say coasted, I know they put a shit ton of work into the emulator. Um, and this struck me as a project that they were doing um, so that they can start emulating um, Wii games and Nintendo 64 games and have a rock-solid emulator for it. Like, right. it doesn't do anything bad. But it, it just doesn't do anything great either. Yeah, exactly. There's there There are things that you would expect just, you know, on a on a modern console, um, when you're do you know dealing with emulation games or emulated games in a in a in a package like this, there's certain things you expect like save states and and there's other stuff like that's that's like native resolution increases. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Like Mario Mario 64 only plays in 720p, and it's like really y'all could you couldn't get me to 1080? Like you couldn't you couldn't Wait, do I, it. I'm actually surprised that it even goes to 720. <laughs> yeah. And, and like it's not that, full widescreen like the others. No, yeah, four, that's the other thing. It's four, not full widescreen, which I can understand that because they weren't designing games at the time to deal with that. And I've seen hacks that'll do widescreen, but you know the the bars on the side don't bother me that much. If anything, I uh, feel like the package is because I, I was interested in it just to go back and revisit Mario sixty four on Nintendo hardware rather than doing something emulated because I think the DS version of Mario sixty four blows. Yeah. Uh, 
So this is something where at least, you know, you plan it, it looks clean, it's fun. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting for me because we were all there, right? Like when Mario 64 came yeah. out. Oh my oh God. God. Yeah. This is the fucking future, you know? And it's, it's still remarkable. Like the mm. camera is not nearly as good because you don't have free, uh, uh, yeah, it was aim with it. back then. Yeah, it was buttons. Mm-hmm. And that's something else I wish they could have adjusted, but I understand that they did it because you were hitting buttons. So again, it's some of that's forgivable. If, yeah, anything, if you go uh, read a, a sign, it's free camera there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look around. So it's like, oh, they kind of had the tech. Mm-hmm. They just didn't put the extra work in. Yeah, and I don't and they didn't. They obviously didn't want to do that here and then, you know, sort of retrofit that in there. Um but if anything, I feel like the 3D Mario All-Stars is really redeemed by how good Galaxy is. Just because Galaxy is good in and of itself, but they got rid of the waggle bullshit. You can shake the controller if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's Galaxy was so fucking good back in the day, and I feel like it's even better now. Like I feel Galaxy yeah. is better than Odyssey, personally. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, and I've always kind of had a soft spot for uh, Sunshine. Um, but like they they fucked up the controls in Sunshine too, which is just like Sunshine was rough enough because it it felt like it was the first Mario game that I had played where I couldn't count on what I was doing with the controller to translate on screen, um, and that was part of the frustration with it because I think the setting is great, it's really unique, and it you know it, it it has an interesting concept where you take a character like Mario who is nimble and who's designed to respond very well, and you attach him to something that is the exact opposite of that the the jetpack the flood is like overly cumbersome it's not unwieldy yeah exactly so it's an interesting concept to try um but like one of the things that they did in this version is um the flood controls used to be inverted they're not now which yep really fucked me up um yeah they used the shindo edition yeah and so you know it's it's hit or miss it's something i don't really feel like they should have been able to get away with charging 60 dollars for but they're nintendo and and then the minute Nintendo they said, to Nintendo. Yeah, and the minute uh, they said we're not going to, you know, this will, won't be available physically after March. I think it's sold now. At least are they pre-ordered? I, I want to say, and I could be wrong about this, but I read something that said it, it sold more than than Animal Crossing, which is insane. Jesus Christ! Now again, I, I have to go back and look at it. it. Was either it sold more than Animal Crossing, or it has sold more than any Nintendo game this year, which would include Animal Crossing. So I'll need to go back and, you know, get, you know, pull a citation needed, but um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. The minute Nintendo says something is going to be um, cut limited, off. People yeah. Well, the minute shit. they pull a Disney, like Disney used to do back in the VHS days. Yeah. yeah you only have so long to buy this. And then the movie is in the vault forever. Yeah. And then uh. they wheel it out, you know, five years later and you're like, Oh my God, thank you. Like Nintendo does. Still. Oh yeah. They're very much. Uh. Of course. So. But yeah, it, it, you know, knowing Nintendo, this thing is never going to go on sale for less than forty dollars. Um, and I think at forty bucks, it's it's definitely worth picking up. I Galaxy, if you loved Galaxy, or if you haven't played Galaxy, then I think you could actually argue that the sixty dollars is is worth it if you love Galaxy. That's the yeah. box that I fall into because I have a Galaxy disc kicking around here somewhere, mm-hmm. but I never actually put any real time into it, and I have thought about. Um, rolling it up for dolphin on here uh since i've got this alienware now yeah and, and i'd and, actually and be able to take it to 1080p and you know all the yeah, bells and you whistles could, yeah and you can play it that way the big thing for me that makes it a lot more playable this time around is again i just don't have to deal with the waggle bullshit and all of that so i don't know what the emulation state is now if you could disable that and there's still touchscreen function like if you play it on the screen 
uh, in handheld. Well, don't you, you love it whenever it's talking about controls and it's like, oh, if you're on a uh, handheld mode, you can use the touchscreen. Yeah, it's like thank it's like you for like so much fucking mind. space just to say that over and over again. It's like <laughs> tingle. It's just like hey, or the fucking fairy. Like hey, did you know you can do this, bitch? You've told me that seven times in the last thirty minutes. I get it. But yeah, but they did do that. Like there's a star collection thing where normally you'd wave the wand. The we the we moat at that shit to collect it, and you can just do that on the touchscreen now. So, yeah, I give it. Here's the thing, Pat. Give it a shot on Dolphin, and if you like it, um, then it's absolutely worth having on on the the Switch. Okay. Uh, but and again, and, and then for people that just want to replay the games, I would say wait till Nintendo inevitably drops a price, which they will eventually at some point. And then again, they, we know they'll never drop a Mario game below forty dollars. But once it hits forty, Black Friday will happen or something. Yeah, yeah. digitally or physically, it's worth getting in. So. Um, but yeah, then other than that, I've still just been kind of, while I, when I have the time kind of making my way through a good old tits, um, uh-huh. I think I'm about to hit the third chapter. Um, I forgot there's that, that little section in Ruan that just drags and I want to fucking yeah. head through the wall. Um, but yeah, you know, so just, you know, playing my way through that and then, uh, figuring out what I can emulate on the Vita. I think I'm going to end up playing, um, Grandia this Christmas. I want yes. a physical edition on, uh. I'm like planning out my gaming for the next like four months. <laughs> so, I, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. that. Yeah. We're, we're once you get, uh, you know, once you're done with, uh, you know, Titch, you can move on to Cold Steel. So, yeah. And I've got Cold Steel one and two. And I've also got the version of Tits that I'm playing is the, um, the remaster on Vita. Yeah. The so, Kadokawa. Yeah. Remake. And so it's got, I've already got, uh, uh, obviously I'm playing FC. I've got SC downloaded, and then whatever the third one is, they they did all yep. of those, and they've all been translated. So I have uh-huh. all of those. So it, it's just did, um, zero and Azure. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, and I'm able to get all of that stuff, and it's and it's Good. it's easy to do it on the Vita because I can just play for a bit, you know, slap, you know, uh, suspend because I I've been playing through it on my lunch break, you know, when I have the opportunity because I it I I don't have to worry about finding a place to stop. I just hit the power button on the Vita, it's suspend. Yeah. I just pick it up later. So. I'll tell you, that was how I did my first playthrough. Yeah. Most of my first playthrough of Trails in the Sky was done in um, in the break room of the North Logan, Utah Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll just get you know, get into it where I can get time. And it's nice because it, it's also one of those things I can kind of tackle in the, in the way that I want. And it's um, the one thing about it is, is that they redid all the music. Um, and it's all shit, but there was DLC that you could download, which I was able to do. Um, that gives the you original, back, gives you back the original music. I remember, I was, down team. yeah, I was because I was listening to it and I was like, man, this sounds like echoey asshole. Like this is just not good. And then found out you could do the DLC. So yeah, that's exactly where I was. Hmm. And so yeah, I, like I said, an unused. Normally when we talk, I'm like, I played one thing. Like I played a ton of shit these like last you know two three weeks, which is really, really something. It's a good cool. feeling. Yeah. 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 So this is a good time to remind everyone that Cold Steel 4 comes out this time next month. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it comes out in the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And hell, Brandon, you talking about that, uh, that Aegis Rim. I'm like, shit, I need to check that out. Uh-huh. Because I could probably also force, um, uh, do remote play with it too. Cause it doesn't look like it's like twitchy. So with my Vita. Yeah. So again, you know, sitting in bed, Wife's watching a K drama. I'm like, "What's up, Vita? Yeah. See what you got going on?" So, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. What about you, Phil? 
Uh, so, he is uh, doing literally the same shit he was doing the day he <laughs> left. <laughs> well, you'd say that, yes, but also I've been playing a whole lot of Microsoft Azure. Oh. Um, yeah, which is a really fun game. Mm. Uh, Microsoft's licensing is fucked. <laughs> wow. uh, it, it comes to the point where I think, you know, when I before I take the exam, which is going to happen fairly, fairly soon, uh, I'm going to really need to, like, buckle down and just go through that particular section several times. Because, uh, yeah, it's like, okay, well, is identity management in Azure Active Directory P1 or P3, or is that the free tier? Really? Seriously, guys? Yeah, this is this is sounding like the shit I had to go through when I was taking my exam for my CCA. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's, yeah. It, there's a lot of, like, weird, like... It, they specifically didn't design some of those questions on the exam to screw with your head. Yeah. So, you know, and if I'm going to be paying, you know, a couple of hundred bucks to take take this exam, uh, I don't want to fail it. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll be ready for it and I'll get it. And then, uh, yeah, stuff will happen. Uh, as it is right now, I'm going through a security course, which uh, is going to help me when I'm actually architecting, uh, you know, cloud deployments to not make stupid errors uh, <laughs> that gets the entire company compromised. Um, oh, don't worry. You will. Yeah, well, I probably will, but I'll uh, see if I can, you know, hide it as best I can. Uh, you know, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just put it this way: I'm not going after a CISO position. I do not want to be some company security officer, right? Because it's like, uh, yeah, you can fuck around and end up like Adam Jensen, get thrown through a wall and cybernetically rebuilt. <laughs> Could be. That's everything yeah. to lose, nothing to gain. Yeah, so yeah, there's a whole lot of churn in that uh, in that particular field. I can the, see, I can see Phil's fucking interview. So, uh, what do you feel like your main strengths are? I didn't ask for this. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. You're hired. <laughs> so, uh, so there's been a whole lot of that, you know, online learning going on. So that's been that's been a lot of fun. Uh, apart from that, well, uh, like I said, the same. Pretty much the same things I've been doing since uh, I left. Uh, PC Building Simulator released a esports expansion, so I've been playing a lot of that. Esports players are the most worst annoying people ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so okay, I, I was uh, I hired on to an all female team. They're they're called Trinity because why not? Uh, I think that might actually be an actual team, but I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, Isabel. Yeah. So uh, one of their players uh, thinks that uh, somebody is trying to hack her. Uh, so she devises a really elaborate plot to try to entrap this, this other person. Uh, and she thinks that the best way to do this is to invite the person over to her house and while uh, she's waiting for the person at the door to, to ring the doorbell and then know that they're there, uh, to drop her computer out of the second story window onto the person's head. <laughs> Do they have fucking okay, that's Wiley Coyote murder. on their team? Like, I, what the fuck? I am, is, is this tower manufactured by Acme? It's like, I don't know what's going on, but I then get the text that I have to fix that computer, and I'm <laughs> I, 
it's like I'm yeah okay guys as soon as like I, as soon as I have the opportunity to switch teams I am out of here <laughs> yeah it, um how, how long did it take just to get the tower back from the evidence room <laughs> <laughs> well fortunately it missed her so there was that well I'm concrete pretty sure instead, uh, so. I'm pretty sure I knew the person that this little scenario was based on or knew of the person. <laughs> Okay, there, so this might have actually incident. happened. Oh my god. There was yeah. an incident back in the uh mid nineties in uh Mayfield, Kentucky. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah. that, that, wow. just makes, that just makes it funnier knowing that it might be based on true events. So, you know? <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And uh apart from that, well, my emulation stuff. Um been messing with a, I'm not going to call it a load, uh, an emulator because it's really not quite that. It's more of a loader. Yeah. Uh, for uh, PC based arcade games uh, called the uh, Decto Parrot. Yep. And uh, that's been working out pretty well, except for the fact that Windows Defender is now freaking out every five minutes when I try to run it. Um, so there may be some things I need to investigate in there because. Uh, yeah, it keeps deleting the file that it needs to run <laughs> the Taito X2 stuff. So that's a little bit annoying. So I got to see if that's maybe I just got a bad download or whatever's going on because false positive, probably. Yeah, or maybe it's false yeah. positiving, mm-hmm. which is probably more more than likely. But uh, yeah, it's it runs actually quite well. I got uh, so far, I got uh, Tetris the Grandmaster 3 Terror Instinct running that runs fine i watched a video of that i now understand why it's called that yes uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's fucking insane is what it is <laughs> so there's that uh outrun 2 spsdx that's that's running uh i do still need to like get rid of the initial d music and put the original music back in there because i don't know why somebody decided that was a good idea yeah it doesn't that's not really a good mix no nope. that doesn't work um, Sega Rally 3 runs great. Afterburner Climax runs mostly great. There's some visual issues that they still need to sort out. Uh, and that's uh, the other thing that I got in there is Daytona 3, which actually runs fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I remember Daytona 3 came out in 2017. Yep. <laughs> and apparently somebody and, had just decided, like, yeah, fuck this, and they leaked it on the internet. Yeah, well, uh, what happened was it was supposed to be a system update for arcade managers and stuff. And they they included the update as a free download on their website, which just happened to include the entire game. Whoops. <laughs> um, yeah, free system up. Well, I guess I could I could kind of understand why they would think that that wouldn't be a problem because, uh, you know, it, it is. Yes, it runs on proprietary hardware, PC hardware rather, but uh, they have security on there. They have yeah. stuff like you know they have a particular. Uh, a bootloader that they need to run off of it. And of course that's going to mean nothing to the, the internet community that gets their hands <laughs> on it. Like, Ooh, challenge. So challenge accepted. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's running great. And in, in techno parrot. So I'll be really interested in seeing how uh, maximum tune five works out for you. If you get around to that one. Yeah. Um, if I can, the problem is finding these. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's going to be a challenge, and uh, so once I get it all, you know, up and running, I'll zip the whole thing up, and well, probably try cool. it on my other uh, little computer on the uh, big TV. So be that fun. Yeah. Uh, and apart from that, well, that's 
pretty much it really other than uh yeah that's pretty much it other than diving into unreal engine which i've i've wanted to do for a really long time uh and over the past couple of weeks i've just decided you know what i'm just gonna start doing some tutorials and stuff see how those go and uh yeah it's pretty cool it's actually really not as difficult to learn as I would have expected because huh. I've messed with it before and I've kind of like been known enough to be dangerous. Uh, <laughs> and now it's like, well, okay, I can actually build something to a relative degree. So this is kind of fun. So that's nice. Yeah. So that's, that's it for me. Shall we get to the news? Yes. Yeah. yeah so I guess before we do that, Phil, I have to ask you about these graphics cards. Hmm. Uh, so it, it's been a shit show for people just trying to get them. Uh, seems mm-hmm. like they're available for less than a minute uh-huh. uh, for bots or whatever. The sites crumble, I guess. Uh, what are they offering as far as upgrades over the compared to the consoles? Do you know too much about that? Well, compared to the current consoles, they're a very, very big step up. Yeah. Uh, Compared to like their last year's couple of years ago flagship 2080 Ti, uh, 3080 is about maybe 40% faster on average. Yeah. And, but it's still less than, than a 2080 Ti. So, you know, you are getting some benefit there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ray tracing is better. That's where most of the big gains are. So that doesn't kill your frame rate when you have it enabled so much. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and then there's that 3090 that came out, which uh, performs about 20% more than the 3080 and costs twice as much. So Ooh. if you buy yeah. one of those, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to be like it's Henry basically Cavill the Titan again. Somebody who has more dollars than cents. But it doesn't have the productivity performance of a Titan. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's like weird. It has like a ridiculous amount of VRAM on it. Yeah, there's 24 okay. gigs of RAM on it. And Which I'm guessing there's not going to be anything that needs that for quite a while until maybe their next cards come out. Uh, yeah, but I think, you know, the consoles are probably going to have an effect on that too. Um, yeah. Because I, I do see like probably 16 gigs of VRAM being needed by the end of the this next console generation. So I think, you know, as far as the, the 3090 goes, I think it's just overkill right now. The but it's also future proof. Yeah, you know, future proof. But you know, if they keep releasing cards every year, it's not that future proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like the the consoles and these new graphics cards are kind of be very much uh, helping each other out. Yeah, uh, the consoles will get more adoption of ray tracing and uh, DLSS support and all this stuff. Uh, that will help out people on PC that have been waiting for the past couple of years for more games to have it. Yeah. To the point where I'm installing Fortnite to see what ray tracing is in that. <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, or even just rebought uh, Control Ultimate Edition on Steam. Yeah. To check that out and see that it's kind of its full power. Yeah. I guess. I mean, that game legit looks gorgeous with ray tracing. Yeah, on. it does. Yeah, and also it tricks me a lot. Where I'm like, "Oh, there's some stuff over here." Well, wait, no, that's just the glass reflecting. <laughs> yeah, I just walk through. Mm. I'm like, "God damn, it's a good thing glass isn't this reflective in the real world." <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, 
That seems like that's going to be the nice thing about the consoles and the PC with the 30,000 series. Yeah. Well, just we're seeing like the symbiotic uh, improvements. Yeah. Microsoft's like direct storage that they're using for the Xbox, that's, you know, lets them uh, basically blast textures straight to the GPU. That's coming to Windows 10. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's all stuff that's going to trickle down to the, to the PC as well. Which is weird yeah. position to be because usually the PC yeah, is the leading edge of this thing. So. Yeah, yeah, and we're just now starting to get to games that on PC are going to require an SSD. Yeah, uh, like the new WoW expansion is going to require it. Yeah, uh, it's weird. Yeah, but I'm guessing they're 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 trying to future proof that game. I guess. Yeah. Uh, get yeah. it ready for the the next generation of hardware, so their game doesn't look like like a, a game that's 15 years old. Right. Uh, as obviously, at least, while still trying to be as uh, playable on various settings. Yeah. I think the new, off, oh, the new uh, Chris Roberts game is SSD required. Mm. That kind of stuff. What was I looking at? I think it's Cyberpunk. Yeah. Where their min spec uh, was like all the stuff you expect, but they're like recommended was SSD. Yeah. So like it's starting mm. to creep into there, and the consoles will get that picked up big time as yeah. they make games for those consoles and want them bring them back to PC with similar uh, performance. Yeah. Were you guys surprised at the specs for uh, cyberpunk? I was I even, no, even like really. the recommended, I was like, okay, they're coming in. Yeah. It's a uh, pretty uh, low maintenance. Yeah. I was, yeah. The same like less than really what I have right now on my PC, which is kind of a surprise a little bit. Yeah. But you know, I'll be right back. Project game, mm-hmm. so it it will use all of the hardware that you have. Yeah, and this is just like to get a really good experience. We're recommending this, but if you have better hardware, we'll certainly use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, yeah, the saying like recommended is a uh, GTX 1060. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that'll be like perfectly in line with like a little bit better than what you get on the PS4 and Xbox one yeah, kind of thing. So that definitely seems like where they're kind of going. It's like, here's kind of a uh, console ish kind of thing, especially their minimum is uh, a 780, which I just had a 770 in my last PC. So yeah. uh, that was basically PS4 uh, level specs. Pretty much. So yeah, they're kind of in that range of like, It'll be better. And also their next-gen stuff doesn't even come out till next year. No. Uh, no. For those, so you can't even really get the full benefits just yet. So Yeah, and that's going to have another set of requirements they were. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there, that's also kind of thing, just having these games in limbo where it's like, yeah, we'll be there for PS5 and Xbox Series X, uh, but our stuff still isn't ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, some games will, and I assume those will be ones that probably aren't pushing it super hard. Mm. Uh, and then you got stuff like what Spider-Man's doing and what the cyberpunk and some of these others are going to be doing where it's like going all out with those features. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, don't get me started on that bullshit. Sony's pulling. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Cause somebody's had a, an RTX cable PC for the last seven months. Uh, there hasn't been a ton there. Yeah. I keep Googling lists and it's like, Oh yeah, here's all the games that are going to have it at some point. It's like that doesn't mean what what's there now. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's there now. It's like here's the top ten games. I just want the whole full list. Show me it. Minecraft. 
Minecraft, it's got to be a wiki. Yeah, Minecraft actually looks really nice. Hmm. Uh, partially because it's just using it on things like uh, water effects, the water and uh, glass and that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, it's full path trace, so they're they're really yeah. going after it. Yeah. And the way Minecraft looks normally, uh, that kind of thing stri- uh, is very striking. Yep. Uh, yeah. Though also, if you have uh, the Java edition, you can kind of fudge that stuff a lot without yeah. even having to have an RTX card. Uh, so there are ways to kind of get some of those similar effects. Hmm. It might cost you and Patreon money <laughs> to get those <laughs> and all that yeah. stuff. Like I know somebody who spent like 80 bucks on that. It's like, all right. Okay. Sure. I'll just wait till the official one yeah. is out after telling us they're going to get us the 4K update for years yeah. on Xbox. And I don't have an Xbox, so that's whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, let's get to the news now since we've talked a bit about the console stuff. For over half an hour. For over an hour and a half. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Luckily, there's not too much uh, news here, but uh, there's some definitely big stuff here. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one that's... Uh, I'm sure it was planned exactly to happen right before they let their pre-orders out there. Uh, Xbox announced that they have acquired ZeniMax, uh, including all the Bethesda and studios and all that stuff, for $7.5 billion. Mm-hmm. That's a big purchase. That is, that is as much as Disney paid. I was looking this up. Disney paid $7.4 billion for Pixar. Mm-hmm. Disney paid $4 billion for Marvel. Marvel yeah. and Lucasfilm each. Yeah. yeah. Uh mm-hmm. and I think this is primarily because one, the uh board of directors, the people who own the company, were kind of looking at selling. Yeah, and I assume they negotiated a lot to get Microsoft up on that because of the amount of studios and talent and IPs they were getting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh because it considerably almost like doubles their studio uh portfolio. Mm. Uh, and they got something like twenty one studios now. Yeah, it's pretty something around there. Yeah, pretty nuts. Like I, I saw that and was just in terms of the game, the games that are out there, and I think the impact that they'll have. I'm really curious to see what Microsoft does here because, as Pat has pointed out, you don't drop seven point five billion dollars if you don't intend to make some of that stuff exclusive. But we've also seen yeah. Microsoft having no issue with kind of fanning that stuff out. But again, you just there has to be something that they're getting from this with that much money that's going to say you can only play this on PC or Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm curious what they're going to do for it because from what I understand, they're going to be honoring um, current agreements for like uh, that one game like Deathloop. Um, yeah, Deathloop, Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they're not gonna, they're not just going to pull the rug out immediately. But it, again, no. it's one of those things that they kind of begs the question, like if there was ever a time for them to do this, and to set expectations for customers, it would be now as people are jumping into a new generation and they just say, look, you're not getting Elder Scrolls 6 on the PlayStation 5. Sorry. Yeah. Or you're not getting Starfield on the PlayStation 5. Like, yeah. Or the next Doom or whatever, you know, to start. Because you, you couldn't arguably, you couldn't get, get away with that, like, you know, halfway through a generation where people have, you know, not everybody yeah. can have multiple consoles, right? So some people will be like, "Well, I chose this because you know I was getting this kind of stuff here, and now I'm not." Like, yeah, um, yeah. I've seen a bunch of people are like, "Well, they're not going to turn down the money they could make selling these games on PS5." It's like, the these are the same people that push the whole. They've got so much money in this war chest, 
They could just buy a bunch of publishers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you're saying they have enough fuck you money, but they don't want to use it they to they don't say fuck you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want to say fuck you to I, pulling these games off of other platforms. A lot of people seem to be like misconflating what Microsoft is actually doing here. Uh, when buying ZeniMax, okay, they're getting a whole bunch of IPs, but what they're really buying is goodwill. And right now they need that. I think it's goodwill and I think it's tech. Goodwill, tech. And uh, with the board of ZeniMax out, that also opens mm-hmm. up the door for a lot of former employees from these studios to go back. Carmack yeah, has yeah. already expressed interest in doing yep. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like they, you know, I, I think that something got mentioned on Twitter where somebody was like, so you guys could basically, now that you own Obsidian, mm-hmm. you guys could do New Vegas too, right? And they were yeah. like, eh? Yeah. And just the the idea, because I'm I'm working for a company right now that has been bought and merged. So that it's an interesting thing just to go through. But knowing the kind of stuff that you can mix and mingle because of that is really interesting. And so I think, you know, to Phil, to your point, I think the other thing that they're really going to establish here is that they're going to have a pool of talent that if they can leverage them correctly and monetarily, they have a pool of talent that they can really move around and and really make some blockbuster stuff. Now, some people might be in their bubbles and just say, I like how the way this place works. I like the way that place works, you know, but there's nothing stopping somebody from hopping over on a project, you know, for a year or two and, mm. and just, you know, helping out, guiding things or, you know, have somebody like Carmack come back. Like we, you know, you just mentioned. So the other thing too, is I think, um, I do think it's, it, what's interesting is, is it seems to be a goodwill gesture for everyone, but people that are like into being like on PlayStation. And I think one of the things mm-hmm. that this really expresses, at least to me, is that, to kind of take it back to what what um what Pat said more towards the beginning of the show when he was talking about his emulation console, it seems like Microsoft, in terms of their bottom line, and because this just seems to be the way that Phil is built, is that they really care about making gaming available on what you're playing it on. With now, it seems like with the caveat of like I would think PS5, but. You know, you get if you remember last this past generation, I used to see this from so many people where they go, I got a switch. I got a PC because I can play the Microsoft games there and I got a PS5. Um, And this doesn't necessarily change that, um, except, that you know, it kind of cuts out. I think the PS5 thing because, you know, like Chris said, you don't fucking spend fuck you money and then not say fuck you like this is it would just be (laughs) absolutely bizarre to me for them to do these acquisitions. Well, yeah, we don't mind you buying this somewhere else but then again maybe it's all gravy for microsoft anyway because they're like we're gonna get yeah. your money coming and going so we don't give a fuck but i think about i think about that and then i think about what this means for them bulking up game pass because the ips yeah. that they got i mean they're pretty fucking impressive just think like even right now they've ported skyrim to like everything right but uh-huh. being able just to put skyrim on game pass for a lot of people would be nuts the same thing with the fallout games which have been there in the past mm-hmm. you know yeah. and then make that stuff permanent um it just seems like microsoft feels like they can't beat sony in a blow for blow war um with doing like tech and doing games so they're like we're just going to throw all the games in the subscription model. And the way to do that is to acquire a bunch of these studios and have them make cool shit. And then just say, you can come over here and just drive for 15 bucks a month. If you got the console, 
you know yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's it a feels like the, the disney model for disney plus right yeah where uh it's an impressive portfolio of stuff then you use like the disney plus app and it's pure shit uh they pushed out like, a new i don't know if you've seen if you see i don't know when they did it but i was fucking around game pass in the store today um and they put out some kind of update and it's a lot better than it used to be yeah on pc I don't know what they, yeah. oh i don't know about pc i'm talking about okay. xbox. i don't know i'm sure on xbox. Yeah. i'm sure on pc it's probably still fucking garbage yeah because i was using it the other day to try to play out of what out of worlds uh which doesn't have save uh cross save stuff so i had to start over uh but they put out an update for that new DLC and that fucking borked the game. So I couldn't start it. So I had to delete it and redownload it again. Uh, yeah. And it's like, well, Bethesda makes a lot of sense because they're fu- make fucking broken shit on PC too. Yeah. There's so a running like, joke now where people are like, Microsoft is going to make Bethesda finish games now too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, back by the way. Microsoft is fine with games that are unfinished. Mm. Uh, uh, the one I was um, putting out there was, um, if a tree falls in a forest and Microsoft QA is there to prevent it from clipping through the other trees, did Bethesda still make it? <laughs> yeah. So Bethesda has been talking this week about upgrading their Gamebryo engine for the next gen stuff. Oh God. So okay. maybe so they're break it more. So maybe getting rid of it. I don't know. <laughs> Cause yeah. Um, Playground yeah. have some pretty nice tech they could use. Yeah. But, but also yeah. Bethesda likes their uh their weird ass uh item stuff. Yeah. They just make millions of items in a game and try and keep track of all of it. Yeah. For as make safe unnecessary files as it can like be. Four hundred megs big. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's I'm kind of not a huge fan of this whole thing because it's buying a huge publisher. And that starts to potentially put the platform holders in a weird scenario of, oh, we got to swipe up these like big to mid range so, versus. And not, so not we go back to where about. we fucking were 10 years ago. Yeah. I don't but see here's, a problem. Kind of. Here's my, my take on it, though, as far as Microsoft goes. Uh, acquisitions like this for them are not new. Um, this no. would be the no. third that they've done. They they bought a Nokia for seven point five uh, billion. Mm-hmm. Um, that went great. Yeah, <laughs> they bought GitHub yeah. for about seven and a half billion, and they don't expect to make any money on that. Mm-hmm. They yeah. just bought Git. They bought GitHub because one, they use it, and two, if they didn't buy GitHub, it would have gone under, and a lot of people rely on it. Yeah. So you know, yeah. there's there's that something to be stewardship. Uh, but as far as like the exclusivity goes, I think they're really going to take that and they're going to play a soft hand with that. Uh, because I'd like, at least as far as Bethesda's current IPs, mm-hmm. any, anything that's announced rather. So, you know, another doom will, will probably be multi-platform. Another elder scrolls will probably be multi-platform. Another evil within will probably still be multi-platform. But stuff that hasn't yet been announced, yeah, I think they'll they'll probably try to steer people towards the Xbox brand for that one. But um, I think the other thing too is that one of the things that I've thought a lot about Bethesda is when you look at Bethesda basically acquired a bunch of shit because they weren't putting out anything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, like, even when like you see this stuff where people are talking about Starfield, like 
Bethesda, what was the last big game that Bethesda themselves put out? What was it, Fallout 4? Yeah. I think so. 76. Well, there was also... uh, But, um... But yeah, like the you know when you think about the the, they're taking longer than Blizzard nowadays to put out big stuff, mm-hmm. and you know so that was one of the things when I was thinking about why Microsoft bought them. It, I don't think it was because of things like the next Elder Scrolls or the next Fallout, which are obviously going to be big. And to that point that Phil made, you know that they'll probably still put those out everywhere that they can. I think mm-hmm. a lot. Well, I would still say that would be like the least interesting way for things to go. It absolutely would be. But I think what they're going to be doing is there has to be a lot, you know, some of the, and Bethesda owns some smaller companies and they're arguably doing some interesting stuff. And then you have like, a, I think, you know, a mid to almost, or, or even, you know, this, a small AAA studio like Arcane, which mm-hmm. has done some really interesting games over the last like seven or eight years. Um, and those I think make a lot more sense in the small term. And by small, I mean like you're taking a lot of games that aren't as big as like say an elder scrolls game or a fallout and you're making those um console specific or or platform specific you know whether when you're using the xbox platform um and then i think you you know you gather all that stuff together and i think you can kind of offer a very compelling package as opposed to just we bought bethesda so we can make elder scrolls xbox only like i don't think that's what they're gonna do i, I if i was in phil's shoes i would just because again, if you're going to spend that much money, but I think the strategic side of it is take all the stuff these little studios are doing in these midsize studios that, that they own um, that, you know, that Bethesda owns that they now own and then all the other studios that they have. And then, you know, you have them start cranking out stuff and you have a compelling package to say, get game pass or get our games period. But if you have game pass, you know, we can have, we can have these studios outputting some interesting things pretty regularly. And I think that's, the bigger reason for um, them acquiring Bethesda. And then just the overall strategy that they've had is that I think you strengthen game pass and you strengthen the argument for Xbox and PC gaming by constantly having interesting games put out because what we've seen, right with the industry, especially this last generation. And we know it's going to be the same with what we're going into is that these huge AAA tentpole games, they're going to take five fucking years to make or more, uh-huh. you know? So how how do you fill those spaces in? And that's you have these other studios doing, you know, smaller things that are still interesting. Um, uh-huh. and, and then just kind of go on that route. And I think that's the, the biggest reason why they did what they did. Although I would also um, take the conversation beyond Phil Spencer for a moment and really uh, move on to Satya Nadella. Do you think he really cut a seven and a half billion dollar check to to see Elder Scrolls Six go to the PS5, because that's that's the tough sell for me. Like um, Phil Spencer may want to sit around the campfire singing "Kumbaya" with his uh, contemporaries at Nintendo and Sony, but I don't think the rest of Microsoft is necessarily on board with that vision. Yeah, it's kind especially of hard not at that price tag. Would would be yeah. thinking, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Phil Spencer is on the senior leadership committee over at Microsoft. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's, you know, that kind of gives him some pull. So it might be yeah. just one of those things that, yeah, Phil just said, yeah, we're going to do this. And Satya just signed off on it because it's like, yeah, it's probably good for us in the long run, too. So, yeah, I, I kind of the problem with all this is that Bethesda works on a Blizzard like tail uh, schedule of 
it comes out when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like they announced uh, Elder Scrolls Six. What two E3s ago? <laughs> or last E3, I forget. I think it was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We still don't know what platforms or uh, time frame they're looking for because they said yeah, that get shit's Starfield coming out. Like, out. Yeah, that shit's coming we out like twenty twenty three. People freaked out because there was a screenshot of Starfield that came out the other day that leaked out. Mm-hmm. Like this is how far away those games are. They could still be yeah twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. Yeah, and who knows what the Earth looks like then? Mm-hmm. Uh, It'll it's still be on fire. So far down. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's kind of like uh, when we talk about Fox getting acquired by uh, Disney. It's like, well, they can put Wolverine and the, the X Men in there, but it's like, when does that happen? Because uh, you know they could tease it, but still, like just starting on those to projects, lead to something it takes, eventually. It takes yeah. a while to get that stuff in there. They can't yeah. just be like. You know, snap their fingers like, well, here's here's the X Men. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I do know uh, for pretty certain is that the Bethesda board aren't exactly the most competent people in the world. <laughs> Are you saying having a Trump on there, Les Moonves, known harasser uh-huh. that got kicked out of, it was a rare yeah. CEO that got kicked out of his uh, huge corporation without his golden parachute. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I, I assume they got bought off and they're getting sent home with their seven and a half billion dollars to sleep on, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably one thing that Microsoft does bring to the table is the ability to actually run a, comp- a company competently. Oh so, yeah, you know, listen, having just gone through a merger, there's no way that a huge chunk of that C-suite at Bethesda is still there. There's right. no uh-huh. fucking way, and especially with the shareholders, those people got paid off to kick rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. And I assume I would hope their lawyers got sent home because mm-hmm. those are the lawyers that really threatened a bunch of indie games because their names were somewhat similar to some uh, Bethesda yeah, games. Yeah, remember, remember the whole scrolls thing? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. there's that. There's uh, pray to the gods that they had to change it to P R A E Y and make the the weird connected A E thing. Yeah, and it's like it has nothing to do with pray. No one can, uh, <laughs> you know, switch those up. Yeah, like so. that's just being a dick with your lawyers. Yeah, which lawyers yeah. love to do, but still. Yeah, well, Microsoft has already a very large legal team, so I don't think they need Bethesda. Yeah, so. and I don't think they would harass indie developers because because yeah. they're game platform holder. Hey. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of the Bethesda thing. It's so full of potential ifs, uh, if then statements for things. That who knows because it's going to take so long to get to that point. Yep. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's even things like Bethesda has a bunch of games on PlayStation now. Mm-hmm. Do they pull those whenever their deal is up? Because they got a well, bunch of stuff on there that's been on there for years. Yeah, we'll see. It's like I would maybe. say, yeah. Or does Game Pass get extended to PS5? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why people like is the oh, thing now. So let you have Elder Scrolls Six if you put. Uh, Game Pass on is like, what the fuck would that be? <laughs> like, are they just porting their games over, but you can only access them through this subscription service? Is that because, like, I don't know. We'll wait. Hell, get into some on. really, um, really nebulous stuff about XCloud and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And people talk about like Minecraft is the game, but I think Mojang gets to work on things in their own way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because the like they just put out Minecraft VR on PlayStation yeah. VR as an update, uh, yeah. which is cool. Uh, I don't think Microsoft really had too much to do with that. Then you had like mm-hmm. Minecraft Dungeons, which is one of the rare Microsoft games that doesn't have cross save, doesn't have cross play. Yeah, to it, and it's and it's like okay, so it's like the one weird game that goes against all of your stuff mm-hmm. that you tend to you know require out of your own games. Yeah, it's a lot of weird stuff, but yeah, yeah it's it's a whole thing and. We're not going to know all the specifics that people are arguing about on the internet for years. Because mm-hmm. for the specific games they're talking about, they're not coming out anytime soon. Nope. Mm-hmm. Hell, even the ones that we know about still... Still not coming out soon. Yeah, definitely yeah. is early next year at some point. Mm. Uh, the other one, Ghostwires, is from sometime next year, I guess? Yeah. I haven't heard anybody talk about that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, what else do they even have? That's a Shinji Mikami joint, isn't it? It yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, his turnaround is usually pretty good. Mm. Yeah. I think those two were like pretty early by sometime 21, 2021. Mm-hmm. So mm. who knows? It's Bethesda works on such a longer scale because they usually let their teams work on things as much as they need to. Mm-hmm. Unless it's Prey 2 and they tell the team, like, give us the IP or fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that whole thing. It's weird. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's that's still a problem trying to come up with like all the ifs and all that stuff is like who knows? When they say case by case basis, that's still like two years down the road. Yeah, it's it's not something that we really need to worry about for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For now they're what's known and is coming out is what's known and is coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's changing on that front just yet. Yeah. yeah. 